Welcome in to the Lions Den. We've got a lot to cover in a short amount of time. I'm Tom Hackett. To my right, Maddie Gash, and to my left, Spencer the Gov Warren. Trevor Allen behind the ones and twos over there. Gentlemen, we've got a big show. There's a lot to talk about because there's a lot going on. But mm. uh, how is everybody? I'm great, man. U.S. wins against England. It's 1776 all over again. Yeah, there was tea thrown in the harbour. Just, as you said, Matt, in in a text, it was a tactical retreat. I call it (laughs) treason day. Are you talking about the tea celebration? What are you talking about? Yeah, well, that was part of the Boston Tea Party. Right, yes, okay. Throw Uh, that into the Boston harbour. Alex Morgan celebrated with a nice sip of tea, mocking... Piers Morgan. And the English... So that's caused some controversy. I think any time no. anyone can oh, yes, take a has. shot at Piers Morgan, I think it's a good day. Only Piers Morgan is it offended because he hacks dead people's phones. So, uh, oh, Jeez yeah, we went there. horrible human being. <laughs> but uh, a fair play, and uh, the US are much better, and they'll win the World Cup. They should easily win now. What is oh, it? Yeah. Netherlands, Sweden in the other uh, semi-final, and uh, yeah, I don't know. US That'll beats be Wednesday, Sweden. Final on Sunday. Finals at right. nine a.m. Sunday. Jeez, that's a bit stiff, isn't it? I mean, that's even early in, in Europe. So what's that, four o'clock in the afternoon? Yeah. No prime time, I guess, for the women. A bit sweaty mm. here in Paris. Oh, well. Oh, well. Sweaty lasses. Um, Sporting Kansas City was played uh, this past weekend, gentlemen. And uh, 2-0 the final score. Both, score uh, both goals coming in the first half. Sam Johnson with a brace. Although he probably should have only had one, Demir Krylak should have had the other. It's just it was plucked from beneath him uh, right at the death. It was very funny. And uh, I guess when I saw that... It's a good thing Demir is like the most yeah. sensible human you've ever met in your life. Yeah, but if it told if it told us one thing, I think the, the takeaway from it is Sam Johnson is certainly a striker. Yeah. And he will do anything in his power to put the ball in the back of the net and take the goal on the stat sheet... Um, which is exactly what he did over the weekend. I think it was in the 35th minute, that was. Uh, there were 20 minutes between goals, 15th and 35th. Anyway, regardless, it was fun to 20 watch. 20 but, you know, it's, it's, don't worry about six. In the words of Eric Easy E, ruthless. He's ruthless. absolutely ruthless. Yes, he is. And, um, Tom, it's an absolute joy. I don't care that he took it off his off his toe, off of Demir Krolak's toe. We've we've been craving for a a poacher... Someone that's that's in the in the in the eighteen uh, yard box since uh, Sabro Sabario left, and that's been a really 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 long time. So uh, twenty fifteen, I believe. We we're into to you know halfway through the the two thousand nineteen season. So yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been too long, but uh, yeah, excellent. And, and I, I'm eating a little bit of humble pie here. Um, I'm not a huge fan of um, Albert Rusnak playing in the wider role, even though he does it for Slovakia. I think the game should be running through him in the middle. Um, doesn't happen enough, in my opinion. But on the right-hand side, he had a little bit more freedom. They got him involved, and um, I thought you saw that. Obviously, the shot in the second half is part of the assist for the second goal as well. Um, you know, just just fully involved, and, and uh, that's, that's probably the best Albert's played in a, in a while for me as well. I'd agree. And, and then you add in on the first goal... Uh, scoring it off the set piece and and kind of, I mean, you can call it a gimmick play, however you want to put it, but um, the the key is uh, just the execution on that, um, being able to put 
practice into play, I guess, to, to put it that way. Um, it, it's something we see in training every week and, um, they'll work on, on different ways to, uh, to take advantage on those corner kicks and, uh, good opportunity and good goal. Just in case you were unable to watch the game, both goals, uh, had Albert Rusnak with the ball at some point playing it directly to Demir Krylak and then Sam Johnson got on to the end. That, that, that was the, the trio for both goals in the first goal from the corner kick, it was uh, Ruznak to Demir back into Sam, and then of course on the on the second goal it was breakaway counter attack three on one four on one. Uh, Ruznak ducked it inside uh, the penalty area to Krylak, who had a touch with his left peg, was about to smack it until Sam so- stole it from him. So uh, those three players were very very influential in uh, the outcome of the game, and I was much like Spenner was talking about, pleasantly surprised I must admit with how easy Albert Ruznak made playing on the wing look Con- considering he hasn't played there for this team um, in what feels like some time I-, I believe he's done it once or twice in the past right? but uh, but boy it's been some time since he's been out there and, and I thought he was really really good I think the the thing that he does so well and I think you see it with Bofo too is uh, taking the ball on the wing and, and cutting inside um, and that really kind of creates an overload and that was one of the things that they'd focused on was was getting those overloads and then playing out of them uh, um, to create those opportunities yeah no it was a it was a fun game it was one in the first half Um, and I think that in my opinion anyway and I'd love to hear what you guys have to say but that first half minus I guess the first 10-15 minutes where it was a little sloppy at times from about the 15th minute onwards that probably was the best I feel RSL have played all season long. And and, and I'd look down at Mike Petke, uh, and he'd be in his chair every time. And normally where, you know, I'm used to looking down, seeing what Mike's all about, seeing if they're making any substitutions, and he'd be standing up and screaming at somebody, you know, on barking orders. But he was, at least from a distance, he seemed rather cool, calm, and collected, which was, and this is, I, I'm not, this is no offense to Mike, obviously, but he... He seemed like he was in a different zen, different state of mind in the first half, which I thought was fun. Yeah, it was good. It was good to see. Um, a lot of the things that you, these, this team, as I said, has have been working on starting to come together. You've got a good stretch of home games coming up. I think that's yeah. kind of playing in the back of their minds a little bit. That They have an opportunity now to really uh, get into a groove and get rolling. Um, play a few home games in a row, get some momentum under your belt and take it out on the road and, and see if it can carry over. Uh, it'll be a tough one this weekend against San Jose, uh, but obviously Columbus in between to take it, to take care of first. Well, one, uh, I guess my only negative, uh, I try not to be too negative, but my only negative, and it's really not that much of a negative, but if anything, you could look at it as a positive, I guess, but, but the, the fullbacks who I've criticized every now and again in, in Donny Toy and Aaron Herrera. I thought as though they played better. I will admit I felt as though Aaron Herrera in particular played quite a nice game. It's just both players at times have a tendency to turn the ball over in a part of the ground where they shouldn't. Um, now, they did it less than what they have been doing over the past few weeks, so hopefully they can play themselves back into some of the mid-season form we saw uh, about a month or two ago. But that really would be my only negative. And again, you, you can probably look at it as a positive considering how they 
how they have played over the last previous few weeks. So uh, I thought it was an all-round team effort, to be honest with you, and it was uh, well, it was quite fun to watch. What well, maybe what was more enjoyable was the fact that uh, Sporting Kansas City were kept goalless and uh, clearly frustrated. Felipe Gutierrez was just having an absolute nightmare out there on the floor, shouting at the referee, uh, getting in all sorts. I'm very surprised he didn't receive yellow by the time the 90 minutes was up. Yeah, a little bit surprised that uh, that he didn't come away with a yellow card. Um, it's tough for me to get too high on on the result. Um, it's important that we win our home games. Um, it's it's where you know you make or break your season with regards to making the playoffs. They have, I would say, half a dozen players out, and I would say first teamers out. The terrible injury list. Same as Sport in Kansas City that will be coming in uh, tomorrow, Wednesday. If you're listening to the pod today. If yeah. you're listening, but Columbus, uh, you know, just terrible uh, injury. Um, uh, international call-ups as well. I think they've got three or four away on international call-ups. They've got two that are out with season-ending injuries. It's just just a tough situation for these two teams, but you've got to put them to the sword. You've got to, to make sure that when, um, you know, 10 o'clock rolls around Wednesday night that we've got uh, six points in the bag over the last two games because it's tight. I mean, you look at the teams that have improved from last season, and me and Tom, I've talked to, to Tom about this. We talked about it in the off season what RSL would need to do to make sure they're over that line come the uh, playoff time um, and, and improving the home form a little bit, turning some of those ties that we had at home last season into wins uh, and, and picking up maybe three or four points more on the road. But you look at Houston Dynamo, you look at Minnesota United, even though I hate Adrian Heath with a passion, but you look at San Jose Earthquakes, they're all above Real Salt Lake right now. Either play the same amount of games or have a game in hand. Those were the poor teams last season. They were terrible. Um, even though one of them was U.S. Open Cup winners uh, champion. Um, yeah, Houston. in Houston. Um, but Minnesota and San Jose were just treading water uh, by the by the come the end of the season. Um, you've still got Portland Timbers that are below Real Salt Lake. Um, I mean, is it too late for Sporting Kansas City to make a run? Maybe. Um, they get some of those guys back. Johnny Russell was missing. Huge miss for, for them. He's the talisman there that, that uh, puts the ball in the back of the net. But this this is a tougher Western Conference compared to, to 2018, in my opinion. And then you look at the guys above. It's the usual suspects that are the top four. Um, the two LA clubs, Seattle and uh, FC Dallas. So it's, it's going to be a tough, tough run. So RSL really need to make sure they're putting these perceived weaker teams or teams that are that are really hurting injury wise and suspension wise or international call out wise to, to the sword absolutely and I think the thing uh, you say there is is you're not going to get sympathy from those teams when you're going into their mm-hmm. park down four or five guys and have international call-ups and whatnot uh, we've seen that so many times in the past where you go you go in with a, a weaker lineup and you know you're never going to get sympathy from the opposition so you got to take advantage of them when you can. And at the same time, you cannot take it for granted either. Right. You know, you look at RSL on the road at LAFC when they had five missing with the suspensions and international call-ups uh, and what the, the, the type of performance Real Salt Lake put in. They were, you know, injury time away from, from nabbing a point at uh, Bank of California Stadium. Uh, Justin Glad uh, received a team, MLS Team of the Week honour. Um, he, he's on the bench. But regardless, he was the only uh, RSL player to, to to have that this week happen to him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess the, the quick question I want to ask you two would be, is it fair to assume now that, and, and Matt, I don't know, maybe you can't answer this, but is it fair to assume that Justin Glad has taken over the starting role 
from Marcelo Silva. Uh, Marcelo Silva's been on the bench. He has had some injuries this year, as he has really every year he's been at the club. But Justin Glad's playing a decent brand of soccer right now, and uh, he's being rewarded with some of the some of the honours. Is is he taken over from Marcelo Silva? Should we expect to see much of Marcelo Silva next, uh, however many weeks from now? Well, I think the the great thing is that you've got uh, in Marcelo. You have a guy on the bench who's uh, you know is capable and, and that has and you have confidence in to go out on the field if if you do need to rotate guys at any point. Um, that's a, a pretty good luxury to have is is three quality center backs that you're confident can go out on the field and get the job done. I, I agree with you. I think Justin stepped into that role and and it came uh, kind of as Marcelo. Uh, Marcelo, I thought, had a good run of form entering that Seattle game when he got hurt a few months ago and then uh, leaves that game, Justin steps in, and, and he hasn't relinquished the spot since. He gets that call-up for the under-23 training camp as well, the Olympic squad, which is great for his confidence. All those young guys, you, you, you can see that the confidence flowing through them, even with, with Brooks Lennon not getting as many starts as he wants, but moving forward a little bit further. You can see there's confidence. There was an opportunity for him to score um, against Sporting Kansas City late in the second yeah. half, you thought that was going to be the the icing on the the top of the cake um, after you know for all three points. But yeah, I just think that uh, that with Justin's pace, and he is truly truly quick, um, that he adds uh, a little bit more insurance when that when that backline pulls up, uh, pushes forward, particularly with the fullbacks, with the way Mike likes to play, with the with the fullbacks overlapping. Um, he adds that little bit of insurance back there that if it does go over the top, he, he pretty much can chase anyone down in the league. Right. Well, when we had Brooks Lennon on however many months ago now, he did mention that uh, that Justin Glad is, is maybe the fastest player on the team. Brooks Lennon liked his chances, uh, of course. But um, while we're talking about Justin Glad quickly, I think what's interesting and what I've been able to pick up the last couple of weeks when he has been playing is that uh, Nader Monowoha plays left centre-back, Justin plays the right centre-back, and... Uh, when Justin receives the ball and he has some space and time, he looks to whoever's playing on the left wing. Uh, Bofo Salcedo, Corey Beds, you know, generally they have some decent speed associated to him, and he's the centre-back that'll play that really long ball uh, to those guys and try and open them up. When Brooks Lennon came on to uh, the match in, in the 60th-odd minute, um, he received he received a number of long passes from Justin Glad. So it's it's pretty evident that Justin Glad is uh, the centre back that Mike Petke would like to use more of his skill set when it comes to pushing the ball forward. He's capable of doing it. He can hit that flat long ball that just seems to scream through the air and and land at the feet or chest of whoever he might be hitting. Uh, technically, I think uh, Justin Glad's the number one centre back in, in at the club. Uh, absolutely, but his ball—he's more of a ball-playing uh, defender anyway. Um, he's got a lot of confidence. He can stride forward, and again, when it comes with that speed, that pace that he has, um, not only just for a recovery, but bringing it out of the back uh, when when necessary. Um, I, I'd love to see that a little bit more with the way we play with the two holding midfielders in Everton Louise and Kyle Beckerman. Kyle Beckerman will not be available Wednesday night, by the way, so I'm interested to see what the centre-back or central midfield partnership looks like. Um, but but if... Or, or Demir Kralik moving back. Sure. 
I'm, I'm, that's what I want to see. If we're going to switch topics quite really quickly, it better be quick. Nick, Nick has done nothing wrong, uh, but I'd love to see Demir and uh, Everton have another go because they started and then Everton went down with that knee sprain and then we never Orlando, saw it again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Justin Glad. I, I think with playing one one defensive midfielder, maybe Everton Louise, uh, you might see uh, Justin Glad step out uh, once or twice, and that'll be uh, that'll be kind of awesome to see. Uh, very exciting. So we have to take our one and only time out. We've got a big club update. Is, uh, well, there's been a bit going on around Real Matt Sol. Gash little transferred. Bit. little bit. Matt Gash yeah. has transferred back to Seattle. Yes. No, 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 no. Uh, and, of course, we have to preview the, the Columbus Crew game. So stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Lions Den. The Den of Lions. Stop talking, Tom. We got a club update to get to. Trev, cue the music. And now your Real Salt Lake Club update. Brought to you in for by Matt Gash. Uh, yeah, all right. Manny, I like the last little bit. Shut up. Take it away. All right. Real Salt Lake, uh, Jefferson Savarino away uh, with Venezuela. They're knocked out of the quarterfinal round by Argentina in Ooh, Copa his. America down in Brazil. Uh, hoping to have him back this weekend. The uh, schedule is to have him back in town on Wednesday. Unavailable for the match, more than likely, on Wednesday against Columbus. How long is that flight? What is that? Like, it's got to be 15 hours, doesn't it? I've never taken it myself. That but, was a dumb uh, question to ask, I wasn't would it? Ge- I would guess 16, probably. Oh, okay, sorry. Hey, Roughly. Google, sorry. <laughs> Google. Oh, uh, dear. Uh, on the Monarch side, uh, Martin Vasquez stepping away, Hamas and Alave filling in on the interim basis while they begin the search for a new head coach. Uh, we'll see which direction that goes. Hoping to have something uh, <laughs> <Briggs>. resolved <laughs> shortly. By the way, a flight from where he is at to Salt Lake, 14 hours, 35 minutes. Wow. I win. <laughs> no, you, you're, you you're actually over. Tickets? Do I what? Do you take back the tickets from that? Did I tell him? Take back. You know Do the you tickets that you offered him? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Rubbish Boy, joke, apparently. Bad podcasting spin up. <laughs> Not sorry, my, I, I just wanted to answer the question. Not my fault that you didn't get it. Matt, I am very sorry for interrupting. That's assuming a direct flight, though. So. Yeah, that is, yeah, definitely a direct flight. Can you rank... <laughs> <laughs> Can you rank the longest flight you've ever been on? Oh, oh man. <laughs> I'd rather not. <laughs> Matt's really loving this club up. What else is going on? So, uh, Hamas and Alave. Hamas and Alave, um, he'll be filling in the, on the interim... Uh, Monarchs beat Tulsa 3-1 Very interesting Very interesting Three wins on the bounce, right? Well, here's Okay, Matt Here's what's fascinating Is it three wins on the bounce? two or three? I thought it was three Might be three Anyway They play on Friday night Well, they're in some decent form Right And they just The six Just smell you later Vasquez You know, just like That is a strange Well, except he left 
it's still strange. Uh, why, why? Why are you leaving? Anyway, we don't. We don't need to get into that because I guess there's been no reports. I just you could that. refer to a uh, RSL dot com for a statement from Martin Vasquez. Okay, I think I read it actually, but didn't tell me much. Carry on. <laughs> I'd be surprised if you did because we posted it while recording this. So. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got an email. I'm referring to that email, I guess. Well, okay, carry on. You keep talking. I'm going to RSL dot com. Uh, Utah Royals FC lost 2-0 to Seattle Reign last Friday. They'll play uh, next week. Uh, they've got this week off for the World Cup final. And uh, then they go to Sky Blue next weekend. And for those paying attention to the World Cup with three Utah Royals FC players, Kelly O'Hara assisting Kristen Press on the first goal. Boom! As uh, U.S. wins two one over hated England. That's true. Heading to the final on Sunday. At least you said England. I've been referred to as British. The British don't whine a lot. No, don't tar Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland with our grumpiness. British, Great Britain. Okay, it's four nations. They have their own brand of grumpiness. Yes, yes. Well, alcoholism. (laughs) Um, Oh, sorry, we were recording. <laughs> Dear. Right. Uh, oh, and by the way, I bumped into uh, Tony Beltran yeah. in the concourse uh, after the Sporting Kansas City game. Just check. I said, hey, Tony, how you going, mate? He said, well, I said, how's the knee holding up? He said, you know, it's coming along. And he said, still a couple weeks out, but training with the team. And uh, look, it should be expected. I think that he's not—he's not going to be available for at least a few weeks. He's been out for how long? It seriously feels like two years. It's a year and, and it, a half now. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty close to two years. So October. he has to regain the fitness. He's obviously an older fella around the club, so uh, so he's working tirelessly to get back. But that's good news, and he's in good spirits, mind you. He seems to be in good spirits. Yeah, yeah and it, he's great to have around the locker room. A uh, guy who can offer a little more perspective to some of those young players that are filling in. Regardless of what position they're playing, yeah. It's uh, so that was fun to see Tony. It was it was good to see him and uh, make sure he's doing all right. Now, um, Matt, I'm ninety percent sure you can't answer this question, but uh, the Monarchs. I saw you tweeting, Spenno, uh, about the news regarding uh, Vasquez, the former head coach for the Monarchs. By the way, his statement is uh, well, it's uh, it's a, short and sweet, short and sweet, and he just basically says he's going to focus on his family for those that uh, are wondering, and he thanked Mike Petke and Mr. Delel, uh, Mr. Deloy Hansen, uh, and a few other coaches, players, and whatnot. But at the end of the day, he's focusing on family, so we're going to move on from that. We wish him the best. Uh, Hamison Alave takes over as interim head coach. Mm-hmm. He may well get the job. Uh, but in an email I got from uh, from RSL earlier this week, it did say that they are going to search and have a look to see what's out there. Mark Briggs, Spenno, mm-hmm. uh, left the club uh, however many months ago now and uh, is still looking for work. He has a proven track record uh, when it comes to winning games of soccer. Um, and he's been cleared from any charges or, or whatever he had going on. Was it? I think it was a sexual assault charge or something. Domestic violence. Domestic violence. There you go. Anyway, it's all cleared, so his 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 slate is clean. Does he deserve to come back to 
the monarchs and, and hopefully take him back to the uh, heights he had him at once. Well, you, you're talking about the, a regular season champ in the USL in, in Mark, Bridge, uh, Mark Briggs. Um, I'd love to see him back. I, I don't know if, that's, if that comes to fruition. Um, that's for the powers uh, that be uh, at the club. What we've noticed, though, is that the philosophy has changed a little bit at the club with regards to making the right appointment. We've seen that since Martin Vasquez left his, uh, the, you know, director of the academy uh, to take over the the uh, Monarchs, uh, and how long this search has been and taken to get um, Tim Spall uh, to to replace him effectively. So uh, they want to they'll want to get the right man, particularly when the focus of the team has been to to uh, give those academy players that are graduating more minutes. Um, there's still a lot to, you know, you want someone that's, that's able to work with young players um, and bring them along and prepare them for, for Real Salt Lake. I'd love to see Mark Briggs back 100%, but uh, I, I don't think his will be the name, will be the only name that they have a conversation about. Right, well, in the email it did mention that they're going to go through a thorough search, but I guess every email around you know this topic says that, so... Who knows? I guess that'll be a, uh, a story we will keep an eye on. Uh, did you talk about in the club update? Sorry, I wasn't listening because I was reading the uh, <laughs> statement. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> talk about a slap in the face. Well, there's only one way to be honest, isn't there? Um, you talked about uh, the Royals and Monarchs and all that good stuff? Yeah. Okay, good. Good, oh, good. Sam terrible, Johnson. Tom. I could have. You yep. could have just said that off air, to be honest with you, and we would have been like, yeah, he talked about it. Yeah, well, I don't know how to do that when the mics are hot, but... Um, Sam Johnson. So we, I think it's only fair we wish her the very best in whatever right. uh, you said that probably. Too. I did not actually. Oh, Thank okay. you for bringing. I was I was still stuck on uh, the other Sam Johnson. I'm like, we already talked about Sam Johnson's two goals. What, what more is there to add? But yes, Sam Johnson. Um, uh, Laura announced that that would be her last game. I I have not heard yet whether or not she's uh, submitted her paperwork for retirement yet, but. Um, that was the plan, um, so we're expecting that she's going to submit her, her uh, retirement and hope uh, you know wish her the best. Yeah, uh, no, she and and kind of looking back on it, um, and we heard Laura talk about it post game. Um, Sam made that decision at the start of the year and um, put herself out to the team and said, you know, I'll I'll stick around until until. Um, everyone's back from World Cup and, and essentially until you don't need me again. Um, and she was a true pro, true pro for the, the four months uh, leading up to, to this uh, this last game. Um, can't, can't thank her enough and, and I guess applaud her enough for, uh, for her professionalism and uh, what she's done to help uh, players like Gabby Vincent along uh, behind her. A quick recap on uh, Sam's career. She graduated USC in 2012. She didn't play in the NWSL until 2014. That was with the Chicago Red Stars. And then she actually had a couple stints in Australia. She went out on loan to uh, Sydney FC and then the Melbourne Victory before joining the Utah Royals. So uh, she's played, I think, what is that, since 2014? That'd be five or six years. That would be five years if we're in 2019, Tom. Five or six years, Trev. Thanks for your input. Uh, <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Before she, before she decided to hang the boots up. So uh, we wish her nothing but the best. 
Columbus Crew, folks. What do you know? Spenno, come on. Use that mouth of yours, will you? <laughs> <laughs> Nearly said something I shouldn't have. Go ahead. Come on. Spit it out. Good Lord. Um, banged up. It's a promising start to the season. And uh, we, we've said this earlier in the pod. This, this is a team that is nosediving form-wise. Uh, could be dangerous. But, you know, RSL has got to put this this uh, this team to, to the sword. They've got to get their three points, get themselves above the red line again. It's getting incredibly tight in the West from the t- from top to bottom. Um, and, um, you know, Kayleigh Porter's got uh, got a hell of, hell of a job uh, to to manage this uh, Columbus crew team as they try to, to get back a little bit um, of, of pride. I mean, they, they've played 18 games, 17 points so far. They've only scored 16 goals. This is with Yessi Zardes, who's been playing most of the season before going on international duty. Iguain is a massive, massive loss. Um, they're, they're talisman, so to speak. Um, and, um, yeah, been a, been a huge, huge loss to them. Just the one win on the road so far for, for uh, Columbus as well, uh, and, and six losses. But this, I, don't, I, think, I think they haven't won a game in 10. I want to say 10. Sounds right. It's uh, you know I'll, I'll have to double check that, but uh, yeah, they they've uh, they've had a rough go at it, of it. And and that, those are the teams that uh, always tend to be the most dangerous, right? Is the teams with their backs against the wall, uh, teams in desperation, and um, that's one thing I'll say about Caleb Porter is that he's able to take those teams, those underdogs, those teams that everyone counts out, and and really get something out of them. Um, it, really admire what he was able to do in Portland and. Uh, to bring a championship there, and uh, he's he's a coach that uh, that has always, like I said, always been able to get the job done, whether it's uh, at college or the pro level. Uh, coming out of Akron, now he's back in Ohio, and uh, an opportunity to kind of plant roots there again for for a guy that's uh, done nothing but win at the college and pro college and pro game. I am on MLSsoccer dot com. I can only see the last. Six games. It's seven. It's seven games without a win so far. Right. Okay. Yeah. The last they've, they've lost uh, five of their last six, and uh, they were able to pick up a point three games ago. So look, they're banged up. And just to uh, just to recap, uh, Zardes, Wiltrap, and Zach Steffen are all with Greg Berhalter at the Gold Cup as they made the U.S. Men's National Team roster, and then. Uh, Federico Higuain is out with an ACL, and then there are a few other injuries. Matt, you were talking David about David did his hamstring, yeah. so he is also unbearable. Jonathan Mensah's away with Ghana as well. Right. There African, you go, Afcon. So yeah, so they're in some strife, and uh, they'll be coming to altitude, and 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 hopefully RSL can pick up three points. They do play a similar formation to what Real Salt Lake play, uh, the the four two three one, if you will. And uh, and so it'll be it'll be a fascinating contest between the two. Now it is a midweek game, and we cannot get to the predictions without just a j- just a few thoughts as to what we hope to see come Wednesday. Now, of course, we don't know, so this is just a guessing game. But you would imagine Mike Peck, you would change the lineup or, or tinker the lineup ever so slightly because he hasn't been one to uh, to play the same lineup back to back, especially considering there's only a four day gap between games. So, Spenno, who do you think may well play uh, that didn't play? So, you, so you, well, I'll wait, and, I'll wait to talk, but I've got somebody that I think will join the pitch. Um, well, because there is an enforced change, 
uh, with Kyle Beckerman being suspended. I believe that, or I want to see uh, Demir Krylik draw back. Albert move into the middle, and Corey Baird come on to the right wing. Very nice. He's I, my guy. I was going to say uh, Brooks Lennon, I think, will for sure start where. I'm not entirely sure, but he was brought on and has been brought on from the bench now for a couple of weeks in a row. And so, uh, look, there's no doubt Mike Pecky still believes in Brooks Lennon, uh, which is a positive thing, and uh, I think it's fair to say he will slot into the starting 11 somewhere, probably at right back, I guess. But we'll wait and see. Uh, Matt, you can't answer that question, so I'm not even going to bother But I could say that uh, with players like Brooks and Corey Baird and Nick Beasler, who we mentioned earlier, uh, there are a lot of options for, even if you're just making the one change, I think there's a lot of options that Mike has as to how he wants to approach this game. And we talked about this earlier, uh, but quickly... Um, for this point of the season and how healthy Real Salt Lake are, I think, I mean, I don't know what they're doing down there, what the training staff are doing, but but something's working, something mm. in the water down there at Harriman that's keeping all these folks healthy because we, we were talking about Columbus and how banged up they are. Most teams this time of year, and Real Salt Lake have experienced this many a times over the course of their tenure in Major League Soccer, they are really healthy, and I, I, I think that's a massive credit to Mike Petke and, and the rest of the training staff for, for somehow making it happen. Now, they don't have full control, I get that, but uh, they're clearly doing something and monitoring workloads very nicely, it seems. Yeah. Yeah, as you mentioned, Tony Beltran, uh, I believe, the only, the only one. one on the injury report right now. So well done yeah. to Mike Petke, all right. Quick little update Please. before we uh, go. Monarchs duo of Ricardo Avila and uh, Douglas Martinez called up for the 2020 Olympic qualifiers and Pan American Games for um, Panama and Honduras, respectively. Very nice. Great. Uh, they've been standout so far uh, for, for Monarchs this season. So if you haven't been to a Monarchs game when they get back, I guess you can go on the sixth. There'll be some stuff going on down at Harriman. But when they come back, those those are two players. If you can, if you make it down to uh, Zion's Bank Stadium, I think that's what it's called, and uh, check those guys out. I can never remember. Yeah, Mar- Douglas Martinez zebra. has been. He's special. He's fun to watch. Yeah. And uh, Ricardo Avila, he's he's my number one player. He's the next one I think that comes up. Possibly uh, Douglas Martinez, but I think he's the next one that comes up from Real. Monarchs to Real Salt Lake, just like Justin Portillo did uh, at the end of uh, on the off season for uh, this last year. Exciting times ahead, there's no doubt. Uh, Trevor, let's uh, hit the predictions music. We don't have an order because we never do. So, Trev, you're up first. I like to go first, so you guys don't get to steal mine. I'm going three nothing Real Salt Lake. Wow, I'll convincing. go three nothing Real Salt Lake as well. <laughs> I too say three nothing. That's Real so Salt funny Lake. you guys all say that because I was going to say three nothing Real Salt Lake as well. I'm Spartacus. No, in all seriousness, Spanner, do you want to go three nothing? Yeah, I think I we really keep a clean sheet. Yeah, you I mean, do they really? got 16 goals in the season. That was what I was going to say. So, uh, what on Trev? All right. Well, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm going to tinker with it because yeah, I don't want to be boring and bland. But uh, I'll, I'll one up everybody and go four nil. Yeah, <laughs> and I who'd, who'd have thought three nothing would be a boring bland prediction? Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, when you're talking about four nil. Uh, Sam Johnson with a hat-trick. Um, Careful. Be sure to catch Royals, Monarchs, and RSL on carcelsports.com, rsl.com, or the Castle TV app found wherever you download your apps. We hope to see you guys Wednesday evening out at Rio Tinto Stadium. And, well, until next week, we will uh, we'll speak to you then. Uh, guys, quickly, I might not be around next week, so if you, I'm going to Newport Beach, California. So you... You won't be here. Well, I'm here Monday and Tuesday. Okay. 
I leave Tuesday evening. So if you want a pod, we're going to have to do it. Early. This is probably a conversation that could have happened off air. So let's um. No, no, let's carry on. No, should we do it? Tuesday. I, I've got I've got another note to include there. My okay. kids are coming to town next week. Right, Spenno. Bring them. Just bring them. They'll have things to say if I bring them. Right, Spenno, you're with Trev, <laughs> and you're on next week. Until next time, goodbye.